I'm a little bit of tick. He's a little bit of talk. And this is what we're still calling, I suppose, living under a rock. Oh, that rhymed. I'm Tater. And I'm Deep. What's up, guys? Welcome to Under a Rock. This is the uh, podcast where we watch movies that we should have seen by now, but yet didn't for whatever reason. Because sheltered childhoods. Yay! Yay. And we are doing Gremlins 2 this week, and holy shit. (laughs) This movie is fucking batshit. (laughs) I have more notes on this movie than on any other movie that we have ever done in the entire seven weeks that we've been doing this this podcast. Ridiculous. This movie is a fucking cartoon. This, mo- this movie is amazing. I'm um, really surprised that you have not seen it before now, just because of how cheesy and just absolutely horrific it is. Yeah, this movie says, fuck you, physics. <laughs> fuck it's, you, logic. Fuck you, critics. <laughs> Fuck you, critics. And just kind of, yeah, just kind of takes everything from the first movie and basically throws it out the window. I mean, it is, for lack of a better term, to steal a term from another podcast, it is bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Like, where where do we even begin? Has How Did This Get Made done this movie yet? Uh, no, they have not. They really the, the, ought to. The, the, this would be a prime candidate. It was so much fun. For that podcast, but it's on our podcast now, so Ha-ha. let's get into it. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like... How did, this, how did this podcast get made? I mean, honestly. <laughs> like, so we, so we open up with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck for some reason, um, I guess it's Warner Brothers just uh, splooging all over the place. They they, they really, I, I feel like, had their fingerprints everywhere. So many plugs for other Warner Brothers properties. So many references to other Warner Brothers properties. Hulk See, Hogan, for some reason. <laughs> See, no, so here's here's my theory. So in Gremlin, in the first Gremlins, it was set up during Christmas. It was sold as a... Uh, a a kids movie and it wasn't it was not it was very much not there was a lot of darkness in that movie and what gremlins 2 does in my opinion is it says oh you wanted a kids movie well let's start this off with some looney tunes as if as if to be like a i don't know just like a just like a insert witty thing here just like screw you haters Ultimate trolling. Ultimate trolling. No, it was, yeah, it, it, it honestly felt like just a 90-minute plug for, for, for different Warner Brothers properties. Uh, one of the gremlins, well, turns into a bat, flies through a window, and leaves the <laughs> Batman logo behind. Again, like a cartoon. Yep. Just a Batman-shaped look. We'll get into that, so... Cut to opening credits. We're in Manhattan. Uh, we go to we go to Chinatown. And Mr. Wing has a cough. Mr. Wing has a cough, so clearly he's at death's door. He uh, didn't wear his mask. He should have yep. wore his mask. Yep. The doctor from uh, Star Trek Voyager gets out of a limo <laughs> and uh, enters the uh, enters the shop and presents a video 
to Mr. Wing of uh, uh, what was the Clamp. Uh, was it Daniel Clamp? Daniel Clamp on a video offering to buy his uh, antique shop, antiquities shop, whatever you want to call it. And so he he's supposed to be like some sort of amalgam of, I guess, uh, Ted Turner and Donald Trump. Except, uh, you know, a little bit of Howard Hughes. He's kind of a recluse, doesn't show up places in person, sends a TV with a VCR. <laughs> and they find it hilarious that the way, that, like, he sends the TV and the VCR with the fancy remote, as if to say, I have money, here, have a TV, have a VCR, have a remote. Like, my yeah. God. Yeah, they just leave the TV leave in the uh, in the shop. Don't even take it back with them. Also, two instances of racism in the very first scene of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was uh, something about oriented or something? Yep. That uh, that Daniel Clamp says in the video, and then uh, Mr. Wing says something about trusting a man or trusting himself, and then. Uh, the doctor oh, says yeah. something, uh, oh, that's a nice, qu- uh, was, was that Confucius or Bruce Lee? Yeah. Because those are the only two Asian people that ever. existed before, uh, that have ever said anything <laughs> quotable, I guess, in this <laughs> world. But so, yeah, and then uh, it's really cute, and then Gizmo turns up. Changes the channel on the TV and starts watching Rambo 3. Was that a Warner Brothers? Was that... It might have been. I don't know. Just this movie has so many pop culture references and so many cameos. We'll get into that uh, when we get like a little further into the movie. But So he's watching Rambo 3 because that was a thing the the previous year. You know, with the... uh, yeah, and that's the, I remember that's the famous scene from the trailer when he ha- has the paperclip uh, bow and arrow oh, and yeah, he's shooting huh. the flaming uh, bow and arrow. So we, so he leaves the shop. He wasn't able to to purchase it, but he says, oh, this guy's going to, did you hear that cough? He's going to be dead, you know. Anyway, cut to six weeks later, uh, Mr. Wing has died and Gizmo is alone in the shop. You think Mr. Wing would have had a a will or something or the son that sold gizmo the first time would have showed up and be like hey gizmo let's go yeah what what happened to his grandkid grandkid bailed right he just took off i guess to fucking go to college or something god (laughs) so yeah gizmo's left alone in the shop and then they bulldoze the place and he has to take off and he gets picked up by somebody that works in the laboratory at of course uh, what is it called? Clampco? Uh, Clamp, cl- Clamp Communications Network or something like that. Yeah, the the multimedia conglomerate the not, owned the by... The not Ted Turner building. Right. Owned by uh, John Glover's character, Daniel Clamp. Clamp. And so... So they take him to the lab and... Where, uh, where, where, where we meet Christopher Lee as Dr. Catheter. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is just, just goofball. 
So anyway, I like the crack Mr. Wing takes at Gizmo when he's watching TV, too. Such a hipster move. TV, the world's worst invention. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, you're one of those. All old people are, didn't you know? Yeah. He doesn't even own a TV. Well, he does now, so he well, can't well, say that anymore. He did, he did up until his death, that's true. And, which, and it's still weird that his kid never came back. His kid could have had a free TV and VCR, but nope. His grandson kid, whoever, just didn't even bother coming back to take care of Gramps. That's messed up. Nope. And then, so, after the... Yeah, so after Gizmo gets picked up by the person that we later find out is uh, one of the... Uh, one of the lab assistants to Dr. Catheter. <laughs> uh, we, we meet up with Billy and Kate, who are living in New York City now, and both work in the same place because apparently they just can't bear to be apart. They always have to be working in the same place now, at all times. Now, she wasn't supposed to be the same girl as from the first movie. Was she? Yeah, yeah. She was supposed to be, uh, yeah, Kate Berenger. So she had a traumatic moment on Christmas and on Abraham Lincoln's birthday? Apparently. Wow. Jesus, poor kid. <laughs> right. So we meet them. They're working at uh, basically, uh, yeah, the Clamp Communications Network. It, it, it's got TV studios, a full nightclub, uh, different restaurants. It's basically a mall. Yeah. Slash television studio. It's basically anything that the movie needs it to be. Right. At all given times. This fully automated building where nothing works, which sets up a lot of great physical gags, like the revolving door that shoots the guy <laughs> into the building right into some random lady and papers go flying everywhere. It sounds exactly how you... Uh, yeah, it looks exactly how it sounds. Just cartoonish and ridiculous. Hi, Buster. Why don't you go lay down? Buster the Wonder Dog, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Come here, Buster the Wonder Dog. Hi, Buster. Come here, lay down. Don't you want to talk about gremlins? Do you want to talk about the weird voice in the tower that tells everybody everything all the time? How about the weird hats? Do you want to talk about weird yes, hats, Yes, can we Buster? talk about... Yes. <laughs> and this building is such a marvel that they have tour guides that give tours of the building... And yeah, let's talk about their hats for the next three hours. <laughs> like, are are those supposed to be a model of the building that they have on their heads? Like, yep. only upside down. I I don't understand the the upside down pyramid hats. That was just a weird, weird stylistic choice. I, I agree. I agree. It was though. I it didn't was get this, that. I, I, I think it had to be an eighties thing. Like, I think. I don't know. It makes me feel like it's a reference to something specific. I'm looking into it right now. Yeah, those hats were something. And so, Kate. Uh, yeah, Kate. Phoebe Cates is a is one of the aforementioned tour guides. And uh, Billy. Billy works in design. I guess he's a. Uh, what exactly is he? I don't know. He's, he's an architect. Is he an architect? I thought he was just nope. a... Uh, that was my impression. Either that or a designer. But yeah, he's designing some sort of... Uh, yeah, Asian-inspired building that uh, the big boss comes down from a... Some Asian-inspired building? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the building that's going to take over where Mr. Wing 
Wing's place was. It's the new Chinatown. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. That's that's why it was Asian inspired. Okay. Yeah, I t- totally brain farted on that one. So, so and this is the thing. Like I expected, I expected uh, Daniel Clamp to be like this evil, like mustache twirling villain. He really wasn't. He was actually kind of a nice guy. I mean, he was nice to Billy. He he loved his work. He you know praised him, and he was just. Uh, yeah, he's like a little aloof, but he wasn't like a. Yeah, I expected him to be the guy to be like, no, we can't lock down the building. We have to, you know, I can contain this and, 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 and nobody's shutting anything down because profit's above everything. But he wasn't really that guy. He really wasn't. Like, and I want to take a moment, if I may. Sure. Because Phoebe Cates also played in a movie near and dear to my heart Drop Dead Fred. Mm-hmm. And Phoebe Cates' hair. In Gremlins 2 is exactly the way it is in uh, Drop Dead Fred. So I was looking at the release dates for, for Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2 was released on June 15th of 1990. Uh, Drop Dead Fred was released May 24th, 1991. She kept that exact same hairstyle or ended up like in the exact same, same length, same red headband. Earth. It is uncanny. Or... Yeah, she had to have like filmed both of those movies back to back because that is the exact same hair. Like, look here's here's the poster for Drop Dead Fred. She's got the bangs and the short. Yeah, it's almost exactly the same haircut. It's crazy. I'm guessing. It's almost, almost exactly the same character, just in mannerisms and voice. But I, I, I my apologies. I took away from. No, it's okay. So the I was, focus. No, so I was just talking about Daniel Clamp, who who came down was checking Not out. Not that uh, bad of a guy. Yeah, not that bad of a guy. Not this must, you know, if anything, Forster, the doctor from Star Trek Voyager, was more of a dick than, uh... Everybody was than, more of a dick than, than, than the CEO. Guy. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, that part kind of subverted my expectations. Not the, uh... Yeah, not at all. Not all as I, uh... Oh, oh, I forgot. To, they've cloned people. They, the, uh... <laughs> Yeah, you remember the guy at the beginning of the movie that picked up uh, the lab assistant that picked up Gizmo? He had been cloned. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the the clones played by played by Don and Dan Stanton. <laughs> Cuz they yeah, that laboratory was fucked up and led to so many yeah. <laughs> like I mean it was it was the most cartoonish evil scientist lab. I mean, brain hormones He's expecting Brain hormones. He's expecting to get the flu in the mail. Yep. And uh, well, what was it? Well, you can it? get the bubonic plague in the mail, as we've discussed a little bit. And then you like take that lady blows her nose, and she just, he's just like, "Can I have that, please?" And sticks it in his pocket, like gross. He didn't even wash gross. his hands. That's disgusting, Christopher Lee. I think I think Doctor Catheter is the he is the origin COVID-19. of the coronavirus. It, yeah, I agree. It just. <laughs> It just took 19 years to germinate. Done. That's where the 19 comes from. Oh, my gosh. Right. (laughs) Oh, my bad. 29 years. Whoops. (gasps) Somebody's dating themselves. It's a conspiracy. So they fucking cloned people. He's cloning his lab assistants. He's got baby elephants just walking through his lab, just willy-nilly. Little baby elephants. Monkeys in cages. 
and and Gizmo dancing to uh, "I'm Ready, Willing, and Able to Rock and Roll All Night." Hey, he's got he's got good taste in music, and his air guitar is sick. <laughs> so anyway, so Billy finds out that Gizmo is in the building because the delivery guy was making a delivery to the lab, and he heard Gizmo singing his Gizmo song. Almost. He heard the delivery guy humming Gizmo's song because he had heard Gizmo singing. Right. The del- yeah, so the delivery guy tells him, oh, yeah, I heard, I heard somebody humming it uh, up in the lab. So Billy goes up to the lab and sneaks in there. And finds his Gizmo. Rescues Gizmo and uh, lets out a couple of monkeys out of their cages just for good measure. As you do. Yeah, yeah well, you know, he needed the distraction. Mm-hmm. Rescues Gizmo, hides him in a drawer, and so hilarity ensues. That's hilarity right. His, ensues. That's right. His boss, his thirsty ass boss, asks him <laughs> out to dinner oh, because yeah. oh, the CEO was nice to you. I gotta get in them pants. Mm-hmm. We can both because it, it'll advance her career somehow? Question mark. Question mark. Yeah, I don't know. She, she also she, has to smoke all the cigarettes. Yeah, she's got to be chain-smoking at all times. That was uh, Haviland Morris from uh, 16 Candles. Two 16 Candles mm-hmm. uh, cast members in this movie. Long Duck Dong was also the uh, the tourist cameraman oh, that wow. ends up being Grandpa Fred's cameraman huh. later on. So... Oh, that's right. So, Billy has to go out to dinner with his uh, boss for a meeting, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. And so, he uh, he asks Kate to uh, bring Gizmo home. While he's away from his desk, a, uh, a repairman is trying to repair a water fountain because something's always breaking in this fucking building. Right. Uh, John Aston plays the... Uh, John Aston, he was... Uh, Gomez Adams in the original, uh, mm-hmm. in the original uh, Adams family, yep. father of uh, Sean Astin, Samwise mm-hmm. Gamgee. Mm-hmm. So he sprays water on Gizmo accidentally, and then we get uh, we get some interesting uh, we get some interesting <laughs> little mogwais. Yeah, little mogwais that sprout out from him. The, the and- googly eyed mogwai. And yeah, and Kate takes the wrong Mogwai home. She takes home googly eyes. Who I personally identify with. How so? Well, I mean, it's got googly eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's goofy as shit and a little dumb. Oh. But fearless and um, self-aware. Googly-eyed, a little dumb, fearless and self-aware. Yeah, that's, that's my Mogwai. Yeah. Can we... Speaking of the dinner meeting, can we talk about the restaurant, the Canadian food restaurant? Oh, God. The chocolate mousse. A literal chocolate mousse. I just became Chris Traeger. (laughs) A a mousse made out of chocolate. Like, I was... Literally the first chocolate mousse I have ever seen. Literally. And the waiter, who I'm sure was another cameo. There were so many cameos in this movie. Like the... Like Grandpa Fred, the uh, Dracula-looking uh, late-night horror movie ho- host, was 
and Miss and Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm. I think he was a t- uh, an executive or something. It's been a while since I've seen it. Daniel, uh, what was his name? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he was the yeah. he was the station executive. That's yeah, right. Yeah, Robert Prosky. Uh, just a ridiculous amount of cameos in this movie. But anyway, yeah. Would you like another Molson A? A. The waiters dressed as Mounties. It was just too much. It was just ridiculous. No, no French fries covered in gravy and cheese curds. I thought they would have at least, you know, maybe that wasn't a known thing yet. Maybe, maybe the internet made that a known thing. I don't know what what constitutes. Yeah, other than poutine, I don't know what constitutes Canadian Canadian cuisine. Moose meat sandwiches. What do you think, Buster? <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, I was, what do you eat? I was going to say something for hockey, but you don't really. I don't know, a boiled beaver? Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, Billy asked Kate to take Gizmo home. She doesn't recognize that Googly Eyes isn't Gizmo, and she, she ends up taking him home. And then they come back, and Billy's like, hey, this isn't Gizmo. Who's this? Oh, no, he must have gotten wet. And then the Futtermans lived. Apparently, you can survive a being snow plowed. Dick Miller and his wife are back. Oh yeah, that, that's right. That's right. Yeah, they, they, you know, he just happened to uh, have his what was it, uh, his army reunion or something, in the city that day. That specific day. Yeah. yeah. He hates all the foreign cars, and he's coming to New York and, and to he, talk about the foreign wars. <laughs> And he hates Russian cabbies because what if somebody spills, uh, leaves state secrets in the back of the cab and then, mm. then all of a sudden the Ruskies got him. Ruskies. <laughs> Wait till he gets to 2016 because it's going to be wild for him. Oh, God. What? <laughs> Dick Miller. R.I.P. Yeah. He... <laughs> I don't know. I was happy to see him and... You know, he was he was quite the character, and I'm glad they brought him back. He was fun. He was fun, his wife was fun, and them in New York was just... Mwah. It was beautiful. The... what else? What else? What about... Uh, so... Yeah, we talked about the chocolate... Oh! Yeah, can we talk about the Twinkie cum shot... Uh, googly eyes in the kitchen with all the junk food and he's just going ape shit. There's a Twinkie and he shoots Billy <laughs> with Twinkie jizz all over the front of his shirt. Like right before the Futtermans came, uh, walked in the door. Again, I, this I, is why googly eyes is my mogwai. Something I, wrote I would down, definitely do. I wrote down, we have a Twinkie cum shot. A twink, yeah. Twinkie money shot. That's ladies my nickname and gentlemen. back in high school. Twinkie cum shot. Yep. All right. Oh, no. Wait, I thought Twinkie Cum Shot was the name of your ska band. No, uh, that was uh, my mom's ska band. <laughs> she was doing so, all that meth. So. <laughs> inside joke. Oh, later on, so when, uh, l- later on, I think it's the next day when uh, Phoebe Cates is doing the tour of the movie studios, Leonard Malton is uh, 
reviewing Gremlins on VHS. Which I thought was just beautiful. <laughs> that, uh, and, and then gets attacked by literal Gremlins. Which is great. The scene... The, the, the scene in the lab where they t- start taking the hormones and becoming... Different versions of the... Come on, let's do... Of the different gremlins. Yeah. So, for some reason, Dr. Catheter has brain hormones, bat hormones, spider hormones, and they start injecting each other with with this stuff after they've uh, gotten wet and eaten after midnight and hatched. And invaded the uh, frozen yogurt stand because mm-hmm. there's a frozen yogurt stand because of course it is uh, there is because late eighties. So they kill Leonard Malton, which which, which Leonard Malton apparently actually did give uh, Gremlins one a negative review. So it's pretty meta. A lot of meta in this movie, like a ridiculous amount of meta humor, fourth wall breaking. Can we talk about when uh, the part where it looks like the film just dissolves and then the gremlins are making shadow puppets? Yes. So so we get gremlins making shadow puppets as if we're sitting in a theater. And then another another cameo from... uh, uh, What was his name? Not the projectionist. the, the, The movie theater manager... I can't I can't find his name right now, but he was from Re- Eating Raul, the projectionist. That was yet another cameo. And then Hulk Hogan shows up. He's sitting in he's sitting in the movie theater, full wrestling gear, wearing his championship belt. As you do. First of all, I have issues with that scene. Ooh, tell me. Okay. Hulk Hogan was not the world champion when this movie came out. Ultimate Warrior had beaten him two months earlier at WrestleMania. I call bullshit. <gasps> this movie is fake news. Factually incorrect. Totally took me out. If I had recognized it, it would have totally taken me out of it. Oh my god. Dude. So, yeah. what? One of the gremlins literally becomes electricity. <laughs> so much fucking cartooning. They are, they, bright light is painful and can actually kill them, but becoming bright light, totally cool. Oh, and, the, oh, and of course the bat, uh, the bat gremlin was given an injection by the genius gremlin who took the brain serum. Yep, I love the genius gremlin, by the way. To make him immune to sunlight. Yeah. Because, yeah. of course. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So the bat gremlin goes through the window... Mm-hmm. Leaving behind a bat signal. Flying away. Yeah. Gremlins 3, question mark? Well, no, because Dick Miller covered him in concrete, and, and, and he flew up to the top of the church and became a became gargoyle. Became a gargoyle, that's right. All right, yeah, I'm so, excited. I do, yeah. have, I do have some news on Gremlins 3. Let me know when you're ready for it. Oh. It's going to be, it, you're going to like it. Well, you know what? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear about Gremlins no, I, 3. No, I'd like to... It'll, it'll be a, it, that's what we call a tease in the business. Oh, well... We're going to tease it. Kids, adult kids, hopefully. Kids, <laughs> I'm teasing you right now with some hot Gremlins 3 news. 
All right, bring it. So Hulk Hogan cuts a promo on the Gremlins. Oh yeah, brother! <laughs> that was so bad. To get <laughs> to restart the movie, <laughs> so we can finish up. Yeah. Again, so many meta moments. Ridiculous. A gremlin becomes... Can we talk about... Also, by the way, if it seems like um, Gizmo is hardly in this movie, that's because he is hardly in this he movie. He is hardly in this movie. Buster, come here. Really, he's hardly in the first movie. I mean, he's, beh- he's behind all of the marketing, but he's really not a huge part of any of these movies. But the, but the training montage... When he's again the cartoonishness when he's lifting a weight and he falls through the floor. He's that like that weight was that heavy. Yeah, picture yeah like Daffy Duck trying to do a deadlift, lifts it up in the air, and he along with the weight just falls through the floor because it's so heavy. That literally happens in this live action movie. It's so cute. And of course, punching the speed bag and it coming back and. And hitting him and knocking him off screen. That, was that happens as well. Again, yeah, just, just just cartoon logic. There is a spider gremlin. Oh, I think he I think it was one that was one of my favorite transformations was the spider gremlin, because it was just just so expertly done. So expertly done. You got you got rain and blood playing in the background. You got some slayer going. I mean, that's the music that you want when you're metamorphosizing into a spider gremlin is, you know, you want some Slayer going on for sure. Also, (laughs) they snuck in a 420 joke. They really did. Because, oh, hey, the sun's going down at 735, so we should make our move at 420. (laughs) Wink, wink. 420, man. Yeah, why not? So, oh, can, can we talk about the elevator in the plant for just a second? He has, uh, Daniel Clamp has an elevator that oh, comes shit. up through this a plant escape. And, and, and lets him escape the building and come out and talk to the reporters and what have you. So Murray decides he's going to well, save the minute. day. Wait a minute, you got to back up a little bit. You got to back up a little bit. So at some point, vampire guy is running through the halls he catches some monitor or no he goes into like the monitor room and he catches that the uh the news crews outside are only getting out outside shots of the building there's no cameras being allowed in the building uh so don't really know what's going on all they know is what the pr people are telling them and the vampire guy gets a thought grandpa fred great thank you grandpa fred gets a thought and says I need to uh I need to be I need to be broadcasting live right now. So in full vampire getup, yep. he goes out into the hall, he grabs Bro. Long ducked on. Thank you. And he says to him, Hey, do you know how to work a camera? And he replies, I am a camera. Like, whatever. Okay, fine, bro. And then they start uh 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 broadcasting live from inside of the building showing all of the gremlins on right. TV. Uh, while Mr. Clamp is up in his suite, uh, getting ready to escape through his secret entrance or his right. secret exit, so so, so he's got to go out and do do some damage control right. because Grandpa Fred is, yeah, showing everything that he doesn't want the public to see. So he is, yeah, his, his little uh, 
Yeah, his little potted plant escape hatch <laughs> that Murray then uses to get into the building because he's like, I fought these things before. He's got gremlin PTSD. Yes. <laughs> yes. But he's, God damn it, he's got to go fight these things because he knows how to take care of them. Rescues Billy, who's been uh, been tied up to a. De- Apparently, they have a full-on dentist office as well. Again, there's so a- much going on in this movie. Building. Anything that this movie needs for just any, hap- just so happens just, to yeah, be it just in so that happens building. to be in this, in the Clamp Center building. It's great. So they save the day. Well, or they think they're going to save the day by getting all the gremlins into the lobby by. Moving the clocks forward, making them think it's sundown, and they're going to use the sun, but wait, clouds. Daggone clouds. Nobody thought to, you know, watch, put, put the weather channel on. <laughs> they got all these channels. Clamp Communications Network doesn't have a weather uh, channel as part of their uh, cable conglomerate, apparently. <laughs> so when that fails, they decide to hose the gremlins down. Always a good idea to get a gremlin wet. Now... Again, if you look at how Gremlins 1 ended, it lines up. Because they because that Gremlin climbed into the water fountain, got super wet, and then got hit with sunlight. And then melted into a... A goo. Yeah, melted and this, into a pile And the of way goo. that they did it for this one, it was similar, but I like how they did it better. Yeah, they used Electricity Bro, who got stuck in the telephone on hold listening to Muzak. Listening to the, to the whole music. Which... Which I think was, it reminded me of Good Omens, which came out in 19? Is it 2019? 2018? Good Omens? Oh, the, uh, I don't know when the book came out. Good Omens no, by, by Neil Gaiman? Yeah, the show, uh, they turned the book, uh, Neil Gaiman's book, uh, Good Omens into a show. And Amazon if you haven't Prime. watched it on Amazon Prime, if you haven't watched it, please do. But one of the the gags that they or one of the things that they use in the movie is or in the show is they trap one of the demons in the phone system. And I remember the first time I saw that scene, I'm like, "That's in Gremlins." It was like mm. they. It was like they. You think Neil uh, took some? Uh, I mean, it's took possible. some influence from. It's possible from that he didn't. It's possible that he did. Yeah, I'm thinking he might have. So they, yeah, they unleash Electricity Guy, and he just goes shooting through every gremlin and, and, and turns them into a melted puddle of goo, which, amazing. So, so that's how they die. That's how they save the day. Again, yeah, just, just a level of, oh, where did the organ come from when they were, uh, when they were recreating Phantom of the Opera? I'm guessing the same place that the dentist office came from. <laughs> yeah, it just, you know, hey, look, the movie needs it, it's here. <laughs> because the one gremlin got acid thrown in his face, even though the bottle clearly was labeled acid, do not throw in face. <sighs> Messed up. Messed up. And he just happened to have a Phantom of the Opera mask in his hand when he got the acid thrown in his face. I mean, these are, they can't read... But they, that doesn't mean that they aren't cultured, deep, God. <laughs> and then, yeah, as, as they're melting into Puddle of Goo, one of them does do the, what a world, what a world. I think Warner Brothers had just gotten the distribution God. rights to Wizard of Oz or something. That was, that was so, many so plugs. weak. That was so weak. <clears throat> oh, what a world, what a world. 
Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Round of applause. <laughs> this beautiful performance. Thank you. <laughs> totally, dude. Dude. Yeah, this... Dude. Also, uh, can we talk about Forrester, uh, the doctor from Star Trek Voyager? He totally fucked that girl gremlin. <laughs> The totally. last time we see him, he's totally. covered in he's covered in lipstick. Uh, he's he's covered in lipstick kisses, and uh, here comes the bride is playing in the bathroom, because of course it is. Mm-hmm. And she walks up with a bouquet of flower, and he's <laughs> the final look that he gives the camera at the end is just like he's like fuck it, I'm into it. Might as well I'll do fuck it. this I'm gremlin here. bitch. Oh, oh, wow, <laughs> that was his wife. I will hit that gremlin poontang. That is, you are being so disrespectful. That is his wife. Christ, man, have you? you Not yet, it isn't. Maybe in Gremlins 3. (laughs) Segway. So tell me about Gremlins 3. Oh, I don't have the stuff pulled up. Hang on. Before we hit up Gremlins 3, I did want to throw this out here. So the budget, I can't remember what the budget was for Gremlins 1, but it was less than 10 million. Yeah, I think it was like. I think it was like 4 million. The budget for Gremlins 2? Take a guess. Take a guess. 12 million. <laughs> More. 50 million. 50 million clams. Wow. And, and it shows. It shows. They've got 50. an entire building. The CGI, the special effects, ab- they definitely use that budget. But... And that's 50 million 1990 dollars. Word. Word. So that's like... Roughly translates to about 1.2 trillion in today's money. Oh, I'm going like <laughs> 6.2 quadrillion myself. Yeah, so so it's at least yeah, probably like around like close to twice that. At least, and then um, uh, the box office though it only brought in 41 and a half. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did well, obviously. Like... I mean, 41 and a million. 41 million. Yeah, but well, I don't. I can't even say that it's not worth. I think half that budget was for cameos, to be honest with you. It had to be, right? Like, just everybody. Even just a random, like, the most random people. Like, we we talked about Long Duck Dong earlier. Just, uh, yeah, the random guy that was, uh, that got fired for smoking in the uh, lobby. He was in, uh, he's been in stuff. Uh, the, the microwave cooking show lady. Like, anybody who was a character actor in the late 80s, it seems like was in this movie yep so in january 2013 vulture reported that warner brothers was negotiating with steven spielberg to reboot the gremlins franchise um but they said that it was put on hold in november 2015 it was confirmed that the third film will be a sequel and not a reboot 2016 uh, an interview with bleeding cool um, it said that had, uh, Columbus had been working, had been aggressively working on Gremlins 3. Um, and then, uh, a Gremlins, in, it would be uh, a Gremlins in Vegas plot, uh, but that had been, it was going to be, but had been rejected. And the latest script, and this was December 16, uh, the latest script was said to be set in the present day where essentially I'm working for Donald Trump, our new president. And that was a quote. Uh, and then in 2017, was that a quote from, uh, Zach Galligan, Billy? Uh, let's see. Uh, no, it looks like, it doesn't say specifically who that's a quote from, but I'll look. 
uh, in 2017, an interview with Chris Columbus discussed a twisted and dark script, uh, which explored the idea that uh, has been on fans' minds for a long time, which I disagree with. No true fan of this movie has ever had this thought, and I quote, If all the gremlins come from Gizmo getting wet and feeding his mogwai offspring after midnight, should Gizmo be eliminated? End quote. Well, to which, duh, no. I mean, it's, <sighs> I mean, look at the damage they caused. Look at the people they murdered. I mean. And that was the quote that I'm going to be working for Donald Trump, our new president. That was from Zach Galligan. Yeah. Wow. Wait, so he went from being a... So he goes from being a uh, a designer to working for the president? I mean, does it really... Su- I mean... D- yeah. Where have you been for the last... Right. For almost four years? Like... Were they talking about bringing back Joe Dante to, to direct, or... I don't know. I didn't read the article. I just read the Wikipedia page, man. No, it's... Yeah... Like, so, yeah, speaking of, so, uh, yeah, like, based on interviews with the director, uh, Joe Dante, um, he said he wanted this to be kind of a a parody of Gremlins, as well as a parody of sequels in general, which... Nailed it. Uh, I thought. I, like, I get what they were going for, I thought the execution just wasn't, like, it, I don't know, it, it, it just felt like a cartoon to me, it... It literally opened with the Looney Tunes. Of course. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yes, Roger Ebert, you're right. I'm not trying to be like a <laughs> Roger Ebert. Mm-hmm. Okay, it just, yeah, it was it, it was too silly. Like, I like silly comedies. I like silly horror comedies. It was just, it was just a little too. So which part was it? Was it the part where uh, Gizmo pretends that he's Rambo with a with his headband on. Was it the part where the dude bangs that gremlin before they get married? Which part was too cartoony for you? No, was it was the just the part where there's a an it old was just Chinese gentleman with a creature called a mogwai. No, no. Again, I have nothing against silliness in in general. It was just a little too meta for me. It was too much winking at the camera. Like, like I mean. For 1990, like, this movie was probably ahead of its time. Yes. Like, with, you know, with all of that. But in, in just watching it for the first time in 2020, it, it it was a bit much. It was a little overwhelming. It was a little bit like, okay, we get it. Or at least I get it. See, I disagree. I absolutely loved it specifically because it felt like it was trolling all of the parents who were like, oh, my God. How could yeah. you have put up this Gremlins one the way that you did? Oh, I think it's because I, loved it. I think it's because I liked the first one so much, and I liked the tone of it. It was so. It was very horror movie esque, and that's kind of like y- yeah. Thing. It was it was very much a horror movie w- with comedic elements. Where this was a straight up like family comedy. With horror elements, it it was the exact opposite. Right. So. And they and they 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 did what they set out to do because if you like Gremlins two better than Gremlins one, chances are you had 
an issue with Gremlins 1. And if you liked Gremlins 1 more than Gremlins 2, it was because Gremlins 2 was too cartoony and not dark enough. So it set out to do exactly what it intended. Yeah, had I seen these movies as a child, I I definitely would have preferred Gremlins 2 to Gremlins 1. Yeah. I think so. I think... I love them both equally. I don't love one more than the other. Just, I did see them both as a kid, and then watching it again as an adult, it was like, okay, yeah. I think... I think a lot of the silliness, a lot of the over-the-top meta humor, a lot of the fourth wall breaking would have been lost on me had I seen it as a kid. So I think I would have been able to enjoy it a lot more and just, like, turn off my brain and and, and just go along for the... Like, like, I loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 as a kid. Yeah. That movie was... <laughs> like, watching it as an adult, that movie was dumb. But as a kid, I could turn off my brain and just... In- enjoy the ride i think you know had i had i watched this at nine years old i would have been able to turn off my brain and just enjoy the ride but as an adult i was just like okay they're it just felt like they were trying too hard oh no fun no no fun (laughs) you're no fun i'm like the opposite of fun i am i am all the fun I am so much fun. Well, what'd you think of it in general? Like, how many, how many <laughs> buttholes would you give this movie? <laughs> I think, uh, let's see, if we were doing a scale of five stars. Five buttholes. Five buttholes, yes. I'll explain that reference in a few. Yes, on a scale of five starfishes, I think I would give it, <laughs> I think I'd give it two and a half starfishes. Like, there were definitely enjoyable moments. How many did you give the first one? Gremlins 1. Oh, I, yeah, that one was four. Okay. Four, four and a half for sure. Okay. Yeah, this one, I'd say two and a half. There were there some fun moments. There was, you know, there were still some gruesome moments. There were still some, like, horror moments. But just the constant, nonstop references and riffing and, and cameos was just exhausting and a little overwhelming. There was a lot going on. Yeah, there was a lot going on in this movie. So yeah, I'd say I yeah I'd say t- t- two and a half. You want to explain your buttholes reference? Oh, when you get to the part where we talk about our our plugs, stuff we want to plugs, stuff yeah, we want to plugs, play yeah, buttholes. Oh, that just took a turn. Oh, you want to plug buttholes? Do you? Oh, I so do. <laughs> buttholes, nature's. Dumpster. I don't know where I was going but with that. Nature's exhaust pipe. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, something that's, like that's, that. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> but um. I don't know why I'm here either, folks. Just, just. <laughs> Before we do that, uh, do you wanna? Do you wanna talk about what movie we should do next week? Oh yeah, we haven't even talked about that like IRL like off cast. So no, no, I don't hey, even know, hey, the, bro. That's right. This is why you guys should tune in every week because you know this is where you get. We take you behind the scenes so, into so, the thought process. So so far, you said that our most highly rate or, or most frequently, our podcast that got the most listens was Dirty Dancing. And yeah. so you have then decided that our listeners are just horny. Yes. So all the horny you... movies have the have the most uh yeah, have the most uh listens. Uh Dirty Dancing, Top Gun, 
Thelma and Louise are our top three most uh, listened to. I, I, I wouldn't call Thelma and Louise a horny movie per se. I mean, unless you're horny for Brad Pitt, but who, who's horny for Brad Pitt? Are not you, me. Not, yeah, not nobody. at all. Nobody at well, all. Let's think of some horny movies that people are like, oh my God, you haven't seen that movie? Or, let's see. Well, uh... I want personally, guys. I wanted to lie to you and say that we hadn't seen Roadhouse, <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was outvoted. No, it's got to be it's got to be legit. It's got to be movies we legit haven't seen. Hey, uh, I I uh, I referenced uh, I referenced Sixteen Candles uh, earlier in the podcast, mm, a John Hughes movie that I have never seen. What? Is Pretty in Pink. I have never seen 16 Candles or Pretty in Pink. Wait, you've never seen 16 Candles? You just heard me say it. Wow. Okay. So, did we just... uh, Yup. Did we just plan our next two (laughs) episodes then? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Just now. Just now. Just now. Guys. After 13 years. Finally. Have you seen the movie Step Brothers? I have. Okay, good. Glad we're best friends again. Numerous times. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, we can do a little, uh, a little John Hughes action. I'm, I'm pretty sure those are the only uh, John Hughes movies. Or I'm pretty sure Pretty in Pink is the only John Hughes movie that I haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah. So you haven't. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That one generally uh, surprised. You've seen Breakfast Club, right? Yes. Okay. Because I was gonna say we could spend a whole month. I on... don't think you would have married me if I hadn't seen. This Breakfast is true. Club. That was. <laughs> That was my favorite movie in high in high school, and other places, or in in high school. Even as a kid, I liked that movie. Throughout your life. Yeah, yeah, it's totally about my life. <laughs> sure, it is. No, throughout your life. Oh, throughout my life. I thought you said it's about my. Okay, yeah, I need to get my have, ears checked. I might have misspoke. Yeah, so I like it. I like it. So which uh, which one do you want to do next week? The one I haven't seen or the one you haven't seen? Let's do the one we both haven't seen. Uh, so Pretty in Pink? Yep. I like it. So, all right. We will do Pretty in Pink uh, next week. And I think that wraps it up for uh, Gremlins 2. Uh, yeah, I, I have many thoughts and I've spilled most of them. Well, keep <laughs> spilling, buddy. Keep spilling. No, I th- yeah, I think that's it. Uh, the only other thing is... Uh, at the end when Clamp is like, uh, yeah, I've got, uh, I don't care about the building being wrecked. I have insurance. He has Gremlins insurance? Right. Yeah, so that line cracked me up. Just me personally. I don't care. We're just here to amuse ourselves, <laughs> not you peons. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, so yeah, that was uh, Gremlins too. Do you, uh, uh, I have a feeling you have something that, that you want to plug, something that you might have uh, just discovered today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> it was so cool. All right, so uh, I found this show. So Apple uh, Apple TV+, Plus, the Apple TV streaming stuff, had like their big four when they first came out. Um, it was like, uh, what was the one? Morning, The Morning Show. And the Jason Momoa Show. The Jason Momoa Show and a couple uh, other ones. The one with the creepy kid. Yeah, or the creepy, creepy baby. Oh, we never we never finished that one either. We should no. probably do that. Yeah, at some point. Um, and so I was flipping through it today because I'm like, well, we've got to have more stuff on there. Like it's Apple. Like of course there's got to be more shows, right. and there are one of which is called Mythic Quest Raven's Blood. 
And uh, I'm not a gamer, like a gamer gamer, but I'm a gamer in that I love playing video games. Not very good at a lot of them. I mainly stick to Nintendo. I'm like a, a casual gamer. I'm not a hardcore gamer. This show was mm-hmm. definitely made for hardcore gamers who know like the politics behind stuff going on with, uh, with modern gaming. Uh, but even as a casual fan, this show is a riot. It is an absolute riot. It's, um, if you've seen Silicon Valley, um, it's a lot, it's, it's basically a show about these people who work at a, uh, at a gaming company and they create this game called Mythic Quest. Right. And it is absolutely hilarious. There is a 14-year-old streamer named, um, what was, uh, what is it? Uh, Pootie something? Yeah, Pootie Shoe. Pootie Shoe. And Pootie Shoe is a 14-year-old, just, if you've ever seen a Twitch stream, you've seen this kid, okay? And, uh, he rates his, uh, his games (laughs) by buttholes. Uh, and that's why we were going, we are, I would like us to now rate our movies by buttholes. Starfishes, if, if you feel the need, but I prefer buttholes. That's, yeah, uh, starring, uh, Rob McElhenney, uh, from, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, Always Sunny cast going on in this thing. So, yeah, it sounds good. I don't really, um... I haven't been listening to a whole lot of new music so far this year, but uh, the Kaisenbergs would absolutely love that show. Mm. Anybody who works in tech uh, or tech adjacent, you you will love this show. So it's in the vein of like yeah, Silicon Valley, the IT crowd, that kind of. The nerd crowd would definitely less get into British it. Than the if IT you're crowd. not if you're not fully into the nerd nerd stuff, you'll you'll still get some giggles. But like, if if you work in the nerd indust- in a nerd industry, you're gonna get a kick out of it. Right on. Uh, yeah, uh, I was gonna say I haven't been listening to a whole lot of new music this year, but I've really been enjoying the new album by Beneath the Massacre uh, called Fearmonger. Uh, that's that's probably been the one I've been uh, spinning most often. Uh, this uh, spinning, 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 showing my age again. So yeah, oh, that's a that's a really now, bud. <laughs> so that's a really good album uh, to check out on Spotify or wherever you listen to uh, to the music. Um, Why do you like it? Uh, it's really good uh, technical songwriting. Uh, like it's like, catchy ooh. and still uh, you know has the weedy weedly weedies going on. Uh, the vocals don't annoy me. Are, can you actually, like, are they comprehensible um, uh, vocals or are they growly vocals? Oh, it's, yeah, it's very much a death metal album. Nice. It's, uh, yeah, it's just... Oh, there a, we go. That's what I'm looking for. What genre? Yeah, what it's genre? a little more, uh, yeah, a little more technical, a little more uh, musicianship involved than, like, say, your typical brutal stuff. But that's, uh, that's a really good one. And uh, Tom King uh, recently finished up his run on uh, Batman for uh, DC Comics. So I've been going back and uh, slowly reading that from the beginning. So uh, yeah, check out you know, this little-known character called Batman and check out some of his comic books. You know, I, th- I think the kid's going places. 
but that's yeah that's all i have uh any uh any parting words words oh, of wisdom for yes. our um i don't know if i mentioned it before but fuck the police mm. um protests are still going on uh please keep uh donating to your uh black lives matter um organizations of choice do not uh donate to anything associated with sean king uh go ahead and google that if you're really curious but uh yeah mm. just please continue to fuck the police oh yeah i'm curious about that myself um yeah yeah wear a mask you fucking heathens okay it's not infringing on your freedoms oh jesus christ you dumb yes. dick bags please i'm gonna stop talking about it just wear a fucking mask yeah morons okay yeah that's uh that's about uh that's about it for us okay love you okay bye all right peace out you fucking marks